Welcome to Bailing, Scaling and Barbecue, where the boys talk about hunting, fishing and cooking. Now to your host, Lawson White. Alrighty, welcome back folks. It's uh, Lawson and I've um, had a couple of weeks off, but uh, I've got a special guest today, Tyson Erasmussen, uh, up in central Queensland. How are you, mate? Yeah, mate, good, good. Yeah, good. Um, it's a bit warmer tonight. I'm just hoping we get a bit of a storm, but it's not going to happen. So, um, I, how are you guys going down there? Are you, are you guys getting that, that big rain at the moment? or you? We're not getting a big rain up here in Moranbo, mate, but there's enough rain to green stuff up and get the deer nice and fat. And, yeah, the old cattle cockies will be loving it. A bit of rain around, put a bit of water in the dams. Yeah, we need it. I think everywhere needs a bit of rain. I was uh, talking to Frog Dog before, and he was saying that... Um, they were getting absolutely bucketed on, and uh, my old boy's at Ingham, at, he lives at Ingham at the moment, he was telling they got about five inches last night, so um, yeah, it's enough rain, to, enough rain for them, need to send it out west and uh, uh, up into the north northwest and, and down here a bit more, because we're, we're still a bit dry, I think. Yeah, mate, yeah, but yeah, it's long reach, got some good rain, mates are that way, on it, but yeah, the more the rain, the better. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how long you been there, mate? What's how how long you been at Morumba? Uh, moved out here twelve years ago, mate, for work, and yeah, sort of never left. Did you did you go with the mining boom or just um different job uh, together? No, I met me missus out here, and yeah, I decided to move out here, and I started off in the mines. Always been around machinery and that all my life, so I decided to move out here, and yeah, started in the mines and just slowly worked my way up and doing a proper well, good job, good permanent job, and good roster so yeah can't complain no i can't complain when the, the roster suits you hey so um yeah. so you, are you married mate or are you yeah yeah married with two kids yeah yeah okay two kids Alrighty. um all right so they're they're you how old are they 17 or you said to one and the other one yeah 17 and go, one's going on well, 17 going on 18 the other's 20 going on 21 right. stepkids, but yeah, raised them from so day they're, they're nearly out of your hair yeah, mate. Yeah, not far off it. <laughs> uh, so, um, for the for the listeners that don't that don't know Tyson, Tyson's, uh, well, I how would I say it? I've I've met you through Facebook. I haven't met you personally, but um, we've always I don't know. We've got things in uh, we've got passions familiar to each other, like uh, butchering, and you you run a Facebook page. Um, you've yeah. got you love your fishing, you love your your pigging, and you you love your your deer shooting. So, um. Start us off at the start. Where how how did Tyson get into this? How did you how did it all start, mate? Where where'd you come from, and who got you into hunting and, and cooking and all that jazz? Um, yeah, pretty well born and bred up in around Sunday's area. So yeah, Dad was always a mad keen fisherman and used to chase pigs years and years ago. And, um, he got me into the fishing side of things, and always heard his stories about chasing pigs and whatnot. And then I got to meet a couple of mates that were into it, so. I um, started tagging along with them, and before I knew it, I had yeah, the land cruiser with a dog on cage on the back and half a dozen dogs and a few properties to run around, and that was the pig hunting sort of things. Um, so, yeah, a lot of good mates back in the days that showed us really right from wrong what to do, what not to do, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, the, yeah the old pig there, we used to, well, a nice little fat cane pig, we'd throw it on a spit or we'd turn it into hams and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I, heard, I heard the cane pigs taste alright. I heard the pineapple ones are better, but I'll be uh... yeah, get get to try the pineapple one. But yeah, we'll one day hopefully. But yeah, um, yeah no, the cane pigs are always nice, young, fat, healthy ones. And, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'll have to try a mango pig too. I've, I've been told there. Um, mango and pineapple are the ones to, to be pulling yeah. up on. Yeah, we've had a few that we'd grown up in the store and, yeah, they lived on mangoes for the buddy two months or whatever we had them and then, yeah, they always come up good. Yeah, so um, so you went from the with Sunday's area, so you went out to, to Moranbar, did and then you just started yeah, your work there, or how how that how they all go about? Yeah, I met the missus out this way, and um, yeah, applied for a few jobs, and yeah, got a job, so I moved out here, and um, yeah, slowly worked my way through the ranks to a good permanent job, a good roster, and then I discovered yeah, we've got deer galore everywhere, so yeah, <laughs> a few door knocking, and got mates that have got little blocks and. So, yeah, went and done my gun licence and watched a few um, videos on how to butcher them and that instead of just wasting them for dog meat. That's and, really uh, good, mate. Yeah, followed a few other Facebook pages and a few blokes gave us a bit of guidance there on making small goods and stuff like that. And, yeah, it was you know, no use leaving the meat in a paddock or, yeah. Okay, because well, your tell us what your Facebook page is because... Um, um, yeah, it's Coast to Kitchen. It's just dedicated to seafood sort of things. Um, there was always heaps of people there that if you're not sure how to cook something or you want to try something new and you flick a question up, there's always someone there that's, yep, this is a good idea, this is what I've done. And, yeah, but yeah, if that looks good, I'll give that a go. Yeah, because I, I, I was on the page a long time ago and before I started BSB and I always remember seeing posts all the time about some some people, some of the guys on your page, man, they can cook. And I was like, oh, that looks awesome. And, you know, I, I'd just go down and catch a dirty old brim or something off, you know, at, at, in Brisbane. So I'd try and do something interesting. Or when I'd go up north, I'd always try and do a, a bake, you know, a bake barramundi or something different. But it was always, your page always kind of, oh, like, that looks awesome. I really want to try that. That has always inspired me to do something. So... How, how, did, how did you learn how to, obviously you said videos and stuff, but like, so um, was it YouTube that showed you how to butcher and all that? Or? Yeah, um, just to yeah, have a deer or something, so I had a quick Google on YouTube, how to butcher a deer, and I started off doing the basic cuts for just roasts and um, mince and the other sort of stuff, and then got other mates here that are right into it, and they showed me the finer points of doing your chops, and buddy, yeah, yeah how to do a proper roast look cut it in half and stuff it and roll it back up and whatnot like that and then um uh, another fella scotty fry he gave me a cabana recipe to follow so yeah had a crack at it and played around with it and modified it a little bit to my liking and yeah it seems to be a winner everyone loves it i think scotty helps everyone doesn't he he's, he's a legend yeah, mate, he's he's a legend. Like, <laughs> yeah. no he's always handy if any yeah, like even that page he's got their um, paddock to plate. There's yeah. plenty of good ideas on that and how to butcher and uh, different recipes. Just, yeah, instead of eating just the same plain stuff, well, yeah, I'll give that a go. Yeah, but hopefully um, next year in the winter, Scotty and I'll do a, a, um, a school on how to break up a deer and a pig and that, and that was one of the things that we were talking about is like i don't know you, you know scotty obviously and, and every time i see scotty we're always talking about different kinds of sausages and um different kinds of dishes to cook because he he's he's a thinker he's always thinking about something different and he's uh he should have been on master chef i reckon because every time i talk to him he's got some weird and wonderful creations in his mind and it's like oh i'd give that a go but some of it i just like oh, i don't know so but he's very creative he was driving trucks up here, dropping cement off up in Murrumbar, and he'd rock up and he'd, yeah, we go, that's a new salami I made, and next time it'll be something else. And yeah. That's good. 
No, he's a, he's a great, great bloke, Scotty Fry. He, um, he's always ringing me, trying to help me out with BSB. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just need someone like that on, on my team. So, really appreciate his help. So, um, fishing wise, mate, how how often do you go out, and you know, what do you chase normally? What what's the what do you what kind of uh, boat you got? What's the, what's the deal? Uh, I've got a four point seven meter Quintrex from the sixty on it at the moment. Um, yeah, I'd normally head out from Early Beach, go out the islands, chase me craze, um, do a little bit of diving for them. I'm not a real big fan of diving, but yeah, I don't mind a feed of craze, so you've got to get your head wet to get them. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, always either head, if I'm not at the islands, chase me craze, trout, and red throat, or head out water to the reef and chase me Nanagai, red emperor, trout, and uh, red throat as well. Yeah, that sounds all right, indeed. And yeah, if the weather's shit, well, I'm crabbing, so pretty well. Uh, at least every second week, I'm on the water somewhere, whether it be crabbing or um, at the islands or at the reefs. For the for the people who don't know, how far is Murrumbah to the to the coast, mate? Uh, the closest point of call is two hours to where we go crabbing. Um, takes us uh, from leaving here to get to the reefs about a six hour trip. So there you go, guys. It's uh. Put the K's in. Put the K's in to get the smiles because um, you know I have to. I have to. I have to drive five six hours just to go catch a pig. So you know it's not. It's not simple. But um. No, no that's right. Same here. Closest property I've got here to chase the pigs for three hours. So yeah, look, you got to do the miles. Probably yeah. I've got one hundred ninety thousand K's on my cruiser. It's only four years old. <laughs> Jeez, that's uh, <laughs> poor old cruiser. Lucky, lucky it's Toyota, eh? Yeah, mate. Yeah, I can't fold today. Looked after me. I've always had a Toyota and. I've got some mates who got up Nissans and they do the same job, but yeah, I'll just sort of miss Toyota man. No, I'm a Toyota man as well, mate. I, I can't, I can't fault them. The old boys had cruiser after cruiser after cruiser, and uh, I've, I've had Hilux after Hilux. So, um, yep. I think all of us boys, actually, all three of us, have all got Hiluxes. So, uh, obviously, I'd wouldn't mind a V8 cruiser personally, but uh, I can't pay the Rego bill. Um, yeah, yeah, it hurts every time. Every time that shows up, I can't go fishing for a week. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so the deer, mate. Um, how far you travel for a, for a, a moose? I call them a moose. That's how we. My family are always like, I will go chase a moose. How how fast the deer for you guys? Just down the road, or is it a, a long drive? Um, well, I can walk out the front of my place. Well, last week while it was dry before we got the rain, I can walk out the front of my place and have them feeding in my front yard. Jesus, that's all right. Which, yeah, more and by they just not on their wander the town, but um. Me mate's got a little property just in the edge of town, or probably five minutes from me home. Uh, wow. That's where I get all my, all my channel from. Me Rusa, when I chase them, it's uh, probably an hour and a half, two hour drive to go chase the Rusa, and for the Reds, that's yeah, looking at anywhere from three hours to one property, um, right down to oh, about nine hours to the other property. Wow. Okay. So you've got. You've got in a range of species, but more and bars mainly chittle, is it? Chittle and rooster. Um, there's not as big a herd of rooster as there are chittle, but like chittle, you can go and sit at McDonald's and have a cheeseburger and look across the road and there'd be 30 chittle sitting there underneath the tree. Wow, okay. Jeez. Yeah, there's always a roadkill somewhere here, like middle of the town, someone runs over a deer or edge of town. And, so the council, uh, the council just don't, don't eradicate them? They just leave them? Or? Uh, the mornings... Um, apparently they've just got someone to start eradicating them, but where well, that goes, because the majority of them live right now, right on the edge of town, so whether they're going to be able to do anything shooting wise, yeah. 
don't know the legal uh, legalities of how they'll do it because yeah, but uh, majority of them where they live were within five hundred metres of the house. Yeah, you can't you can't just walk over and pop it. It'd be a bit uh, be yeah, a bit, bit loud. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, there is a yeah, you do get a lot more further out. So they'll I say they'll cull the ones that are yeah. a kilometre out of town or a bit further. But yeah, the ones in the edge of town, they yeah pretty well safe. Look, you go down to the golf course and you'll see two hundred deer stand on the golf course. Jesus. Far out. I didn't realise it was that bad. I remember an article in the paper about it, but I didn't think it was that bad. It's, um... Yeah, yeah well, it's nothing to drive around town at one o'clock in the morning and probably see a hundred deer in the middle of the street. Jesus, there you go. Yeah. Well, just walk out of the yeah. shangle and see how you go. Yeah, one fella had a mere years ago. He was going to do the safari sort of things and get people in and charge them big money and that and end up just being too much for him again, so he just opened the pens and that was, like, 30 years ago and they've just... Yeah, prospered. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, so you have for you, so you pigging wise, mate, you got to do a fair bit of driving to go catch a pig. Yeah, mate. Yeah, minimal three hours to the closest property. Mm-hmm. Um, that's grain property. It's only small block. One's four thousand, the other one's ten thousand. Okay, and you, uh, you, you do you use dogs for them, mate, or yeah, use guns? Ninety percent of the time, or yeah, chase with dogs, but. Yeah, if the dog's going somewhere and one steps out the back door, I'll pull the rifle out. I've got a couple of different rifles there from 17, a 223, a 270 wind mag and a 300 wind mag. Okay, so what do you what do you shoot your chittle with, just a little 223? Um, uh, yeah, mate, 223 is plenty big enough for the chittle. Um, me rooster and me reds. Um, we've been using a 300 of eight just recently acquired, the 270 wind mag, so I'll give that a crack this year. Heading down to South Australia. End of March, um, chasing fellow deer down there. That'll be all right. That'll be uh, something different. Yeah, me and two good mates. So, so uh, you know, just stopping on the way down, chase reds at one spot um, where I got my first red last year. Then go to New South Wales, me mate's parents' properties, shoot goats, um, and then go to South Australia and chase um, fellow. For all right, we'll go back to that that red deer. So um, to the listeners. If you don't know Tyson, go onto his Facebook page, or I think I think you might have sent. I might have put one up. Um, go onto the BSB photos, and you'll see Tyson's red stag. It is a monster. Um, I haven't seen one bigger. So guys, go and have a look at Tyson's uh, stag. Tyson's got a big beard. Um, it's a great photo. It's it's a uh, it's a monster. So can you tell us how that all went, mate? That was um. That's a monster of a deer. I keep saying it, but it is. So, can you tell us the story about how that all went about? Yeah, uh, just pure ass, pretty well. First year chasing <laughs> reds, I shot a double four. I called him in and um, down south there, and then I was called in a double three, and it was, uh, yeah, double three, I think it was. And it was only a cull animal, so and it was nice and close to eat, so that filled the freezer in the back. And then, yeah, uh, probably a month later, I Went to another place, only about four hours from here, five hours. And yeah, we're poking around and come across this swamp, and here's this monster red with uh, a dozen does, 18 does with it. And yeah, there was no stalk or nothing, it was just pure ass. I was a proper diesel stalk out of the vehicle. And yeah, rifle <laughs> went out, bang, it dropped. I was like, you've got to be kidding, have a look at the size of this thing. Yeah, it's a monster. How, what'd, you, what'd you shoot it with, mate? Uh, three and a wind mag. Yep, yeah, yep. just straight through. Um, blow heart shot. It dropped on the spot pretty well, grabbed up, and then just fell over. It's wow. um, ended up 9 by 6 I think it was 40 inches length on the antlers, I think, off memory. 9 by 6 far out. 
There you go, listeners. That's a that's a serious deer. Um, it's a big body. That's a. How old do you reckon that would be, mate? Like that that deer. How old do you reckon he would be? Um, I had a bit of a look on um, well, Google a little bit on deer aging and stuff like that, and somewhere between a seven and nine year old. So he's an old deer, like there. That's young boy's teeth, like yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's had his prime. Had his prime and he spread his genes and. Yeah, a bit of luck. There's a bigger one there this year. <laughs> uh, that's uh, the, so the the blocks you hunt, mate. Are they are they grain or are they channel country um, or what, what's the um? What's a bit the of country? everything. Um, just hunt uh, two grain blocks over at Cabella. Um, and then uh, Downs country at Longreach, and then Alpha's just like hilly country with scrub and a few uh, channels, rivers. Going through it, um, the deer country is anything from nice open flat scrub, which is a chittle country in Narusa, and then down to the red slot, where it takes you an hour and a half to go 100 metres up the hill. Far out. Uh, yeah, it's proper goat country. It took us uh, last year when we were down there, we shot a red up one hill. It took us 15 minutes to get back down the hill to the creek, and it took us four and a half hours to go 1.5 kilometres up the hill. So you're, you're stalking most of you're, you're stalking all your deer, I'm guessing? Yeah, yep, yeah, and except for that red where I was just icy enough to come around the corner and it's sitting there in a swamp having a feed. Yeah. But yeah, all the other stuff's all, yeah, just stalk on foot and poke along. Okay, so when you're, um, when you're stalking, do you kind of set out the, a plan on how you go and how you go about your day's work or is it just, um, jump out of the car and just go for a walk? Like, do you... For pigs, yeah, obviously, uh, you just walk the waterways. How, how do you go about doing deer, mate? Um, you chittle and me rooster. I've pretty well got a set walk I do every time. Um, just because there's certain places where water is and they'd like to sit in a little valley in some spots. Um, the rooster, they normally, for some reason, they just always hang around this one gully. It's pretty dense and that, but if they're on the edge of it, it's a bit open, so they've got plenty of cover and that. Um, yeah, like the chittle is just open. Like they can be real hard being fifty and sixty deer in a mob, and then you've got to try and close the gap, yeah. close enough for the two to three. Well, yeah, it's pretty hard just on the belly and full camo gear. Yeah, that'd um, be tough work. Yeah, the reds. I've only hunted them last year and done got that big fellow out of the vehicle. But the other two I got and one me mate got it was double five. That was all calling, and yeah, once we got an answer back, well then we. would Put a stalk in, or tried calling them in. If they wouldn't call in, well, then we'd um, yeah, put the hard yards in and up the hill and down the hill and around the corner. And nine times out of ten, they got wind of us and disappeared or stopped calling, and we couldn't find them. It was proper dense, thick country. Okay, so for for the listeners, a lot of a lot of our listeners are pig hunters. I've, I've realised. Um, so guys, I, I I do I do realise who listens and who doesn't. Um, for the listeners, can you can you tell? How do you do a raw and, and you know, what's your setup? Because you'd be walking through the bush and you'd, you'd, you'd do a, a call. What are you waiting for? Then the call back or a, an antler brush or what's what's the go? Uh, a bit of everything. Look, I borrowed a mate's electronic caller this year. It's got a yeah, couple of different buttons from different calls, a doe call to a red roar and then um, a couple of different little bleeps and whatnot. Um, we'd use that, and if you got an answer, well, we'd put the answer, uh, hard yards in. One stag, he proper answered, and he come running downhill. And then up the other hill where we were, and I shot it probably 30 metres away from the front of me, like it was coming in red hot. Yeah. So I'd have a look at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you didn't stand up, and yeah, I'd say it probably would run straight over top of me, but 
they sort of stopped just in front, thank God. And yeah, that was double four. The double four of me, mate, got it, roared, and come in oh, probably 300 metres and started thrashing trees. We couldn't see, we just hear it. And then he stopped making noise and he actually doubled down around the hill and behind us, trying to get us on the downscent wind to see what we were or whatever. And just caught an antler moving. I was like, hey, your turn, mate. Fucking, it's just here. Have a look at that. And he's like, what? He said, that antler just there. And I was out of range of my gun, so I'm hoping he can see his because I was sitting there calling, so I had no gun in my hand. But yeah, he's not a real good shot, old Brad. And I was like, oh, do not miss. Do not miss. <laughs> yeah, one shot, it dropped. And I was like, oh, thank Crikey for that. He's, he's got a bad name for deer running away. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I've probably got the worst name in my family. I can't hit. Uh, I've missed plenty of things. So I'm not. I won't go into it. I'm. I'm not the greatest shot. I'll admit that. So. Yeah, no, everyone. Some people are good. I still miss a few shots. I lost two chittle earlier this year. The perfect shots. One fell over and had look like a death fit, and then it got up and ran away. I was like, where'd you go? Yeah. <laughs> so doggy. Yeah. But, um, yeah. With the pigs and that, we just hunt dogs off the back of the ute. Um, yeah, around the grain at night time, all different hours, you hit the same paddock, three and four times a night. Yeah, okay. Um, just come, yeah, in, come in on pads and stuff? Yeah, in the pads, and then old Sneaky Boyle, he'll come in on a different pad every time, or we'll pop out of a creek, and um, yeah, we'll do a little bit of hunting with Steve Reeves at times as well over at Claremont oh, yeah. there, and he's got some really handy dogs, and he knows his country inside out, back to front sort of thing, and uh, yeah, we can drive around the same paddock three, four times and then come in the fifth time and hit the paddock just on daybreak and all hell will break loose. There'll be three or four dogs scattering and 20 odd pigs fucking slipping out. And... <laughs> but yeah, no, he's got some real cracking dogs, old Reevesy. Yeah. He hunts them out of the cage. They don't get let out until they scream. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's old Reevesy, he's been around a while. He's a good hunter. So, yeah. I'll bristle yeah. up. He's done, done good for him. Yeah, give him a hand now and again to go and do a load of ruse and whatnot, and that's something new. I've only done two or three times with him. Shooting ruse. Um, shooting ruse for the box, and yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a bit of an eye opener. That's it. My old boy used to do that, and um, oh, he just get us through school. He used to work hospital during the week, and then he'd, he'd do uh, ruse shooting on the weekend, and um, yeah, it's not the nicest job. It's it's hard work if you um, oh, if you got a good block and you've got plenty of ruse, it's going to be a big night. So. Um, yeah, sit, um, yeah. some nights there we'll be out and back and have the 40 roos on because he's got a half dog cage, half roo rack up sort yeah, of thing. And yep. if he holds 36 or 40 roos and some nights you might have it done by midnight and next night you're out, well, yeah, you might be there still at daylight and, oh, shit, we've got to go and catch the boxer for a shot. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. We, we used to have a drive a couple of hours just to get to the, the place and come back again. It's, yeah, oh, I don't, know, I don't know if it's worth it anymore. I haven't done it. Well, the old boy and I haven't done anything like that for a long time, so... I I'll just see today on Facebook, mackerel paying a dollar ten a kilo for roos with tail on, so... Well, there you go. Good luck these boys out west that have been doing it tough for a while, or they can start making a few dollars on top of their bloody... what they were making, from yeah. 70 cents, 80 cents, and now up to dollar ten. They're so. shooting only reds, or is it greys as well? Um... When I've been out, we were shooting wallaroos, reds and greys, yeah. but um, I did see something they're talking about stopping greys in some areas. I'm not sure. I can't remember 100% on that story. Yeah. I was making these uh, decisions, eh? The, um, I don't know if it's greenies or whatever, but they need to go for a drive and, you know, head, yep. out, head out to Blackhall, you know, Longreach, 
Mudderborough all that through there, and you'll just see the ruse. It's just it's a joke, you know. Like, I think um, my mum counted from Bar called on the Black or one trip there was over a hundred dead ruse on the side of the road. Yeah, and we I, went out there a few years back in the drought, and um, there wouldn't have been a gap to it, but probably two three meters between each dead ruse. That's pretty well from Alpha all the way to Longreach. Yeah. Um, at my mate's place, it was that dry. The brews were jumping the house yard fence and climbing underneath the house and um, chewing on the poly to get water. Far That's out. What was. So yeah, he was just pretty well constantly shooting brews around the house all day. Otherwise, yeah. he was replacing poly every day. Far out. So yeah, I think I think that uh, I I don't know getting into politics and all that, but it just it bothers me when they go and say you know oh they can only shoot reds when. You need to go out and have a look for yourself and see how many greys. And like, well, I remember the old boy; he would shoot. It's a, he'd shoot half of them and be big grey, big grey bucks, you know. And um, where we, the block that we had was was not, yeah, there, there were red, big reds there, but there were more greys than reds. And yeah, you know, then you you go into a different part of the the, the country in the area, and there'd be all reds. So yeah, it's funny how it works. Yeah, yeah, I. You know, I Roost shooting, it just yeah, it's a hard work. I, 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 the men that you I've seen do it, you know, are all cracking shots and you know, good on them. It's uh, hard work, and hopefully the industry stays alive for them to to make some money. Yeah, that's right. Well, when it's in drought and no, no sheep or nothing to shear, well, at least they can go and make an honest dollar shooting a bloody root. Yeah, and that's it. And yeah, you know, the amount of roos out there, they're taking all the all the uh, grass away, so they need to do something about it. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, mate, tell us, um, how, how did you get this passion for, for cooking? And, you know, obviously you're, you're a coastal boy. Um, you, you know, you got into your cooking with, with, through your fishing stuff with the page. But yep. how, how did that passion kind of start? Because like, I, I was a butcher and, um, you know, like our mate Scotty Fry, you know, I think butchers all kind of just like food to non-stop, you know, and they'd rather cut it up and cook it. Uh, yeah. How did you get into it? Because, you know, seafood seafood's the best best kind of protein in my eyes. Yeah, um, just being out here, because I've, um, I've worked anywhere on different rosters from seven on, seven off, five on, five off and stuff like that. So when the weather was shit, I was sitting at home having a beer and going, oh, I've got to slap a shrap now, I might try something different with it. It wasn't actually until I moved out here 12 years ago, I really got into me cooking and um, yeah, I'd have a couple of kilos of prawns in the freezer instead of just having them plain boiled prawn on a sandwich or something, I'll, I'll do something else with them today, I'll give that a pack. Yeah. Um, just real experimental stuff, I had a lot of time up my sleeves, um, weather was shit, so I couldn't go fishing and was, yeah, couldn't go hunting or for some reason or another, and so well, I'll do some silly fucking mad feed. Sometimes <laughs> that turned out good, sometimes I wouldn't even fed them to my dog, but um, yeah, no, that was where that sort of come from, it was just a lot of time on my hands while my day's off, so... Instead of sitting around drinking beer all day, I'll sit around drink beer and cook a feed. <laughs> so, um, what what's your favourite dish, mate? How to what's your? Because you, you you sent me a mango chutney thing. That was, I've got to give that a crack. That looks pretty good. So what's, yeah, yeah, the mango chutney's good. It's a bloody old recipe. It's like sixty year old. It's my mate's grandmother's recipe, and it was probably her mother's recipe as well. So it's too good not to share. Look, I've sent it to a lot of people that have asked for it. But um, probably my favourite is curry mud crab pie. Curry mud crab pie, there you go. That sounds yeah. alright. Go down to curl, go crabbing, come home, have a feed of normal crab, and then um, just boiled crab or chilli crab, and then any leftovers, it's only me and the daughter in the house and the young fella that eats it. It's 
12. We've got seven crabs. Look, we'll eat two or three, and then we've got four left over. Oh, we'll peel them out. And uh, wife makes this white sauce for the corn meat. Just yeah. add the curry powder to it, um, thicken it up with your crab meat, and slap it in a fire. I take it to work. Well, I'll take a dozen to work. I'll keep two for myself and hand them out. And sort of seagulls on a knackers chip. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. But, uh, yeah. So do you do you make the pastry or you buy the pastry? You just do the nah, I just use the old puff pastry, mate. I ain't no um, baker. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I like. I'm a bit the same. It's always no. I'll 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 make the meat, the protein, do the the veggies, yep. but I'm not going to make. I've made pastry once, and it's like nah. I'll um I'll just buy the puff pastry from now on. It's just yeah, it's too much work. Yep, just pull her out, cut the circle out, throw it on the pie, and yeah, done. <laughs> Well, that's, that's that's good stuff. So, mate, do you do any big trips? Like you going um you going to South Australia this year? Do you head up to the Cape or Northern Territory or anything like that? Yeah, uh, I haven't been to the Territory. Always normally the Weeper or Bathurst Heads. Been given Bathurst Heads um, an annual trip every year. Yep. Um, went to Victoria last year with a hound crew down there chasing sandbar up on the hills. That was an eye opener watching um, beagles chase um, sandbar and bailing them up until we got there and shot them. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. I, hopefully I, I'm talking to a guy about that, and hopefully I'll be able to do that this, not this year, probably next year. Um, I'll fly down and film that because I think that'll be awesome going down there. It is it's a real eye opener, like how quick and far these little beagles can move through the country, and look how persistent they are to yeah get their deer. It's open miles up. There's a lot of running around up and down hills and back and <laughs> forth, and yeah. It's an actual eye opener where you've got 12 dogs pushing through the timber and all on a bale on a deer. Well, it's just, yeah, air coming through the hills. Like, holy hell, listen to that. Yeah, it's, it, sounds, it does sound awesome, I have to admit. Um, you know, like, I always look at a beagle and go, oh, gosh, you know, just um, I'll look at a beagle and I roll my eyes. But then I've seen, you know, a bit of footage with the guys running their beagles and pulling up the big samber in the in the creeks so i'm like oh i'll give it to them they might be annoying little shits but they do a job so yeah and they do their job well like but eight miles up there's a buddy yeah oh, def- i'm flying back down again this year we're doing a six-day hunt down there with the beagles again and so i can't wait that'll be yeah. awesome mate that'll be uh, yeah, got that lined up this year another one of them and then heading up to bathurst heads again in october that'll be um, right. and next year hopefully the territory to chase a buff That'll be the go, the big buffalo. Yeah, no, it'd be good. Got a few mates up that way that have got access under the right land here and there, and they get some nice heads. So yeah, yeah, Bathurst heads. I think my um, well, my little brother went up there last year. I think it was. It was they um, they worked for their fish, but they did a right. I think so. I can't remember. Yeah. I think they worked. Yeah. They worked hard, but they did well. Yes, yeah, well, we were there last year for I think a week. Um, it was a bit windy a couple of days, so we sorted up the creeks and we got a mixed bag of bear grunner, black jew, uh, finger mark. Um, what else? We got, oh, every day feed of crabs, and there's only a couple of us, so we just keep enough for a feed and then the rest will go back in the creek. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then the weather sort of come a bit better, so we fish the bays and that, got some nice bar in the bays, and some of the biggest oysters you'll ever see, they're off tap. Yeah, my brother did mention that. He said the oysters are huge. Um, yeah. Yeah, just proper off tap the oysters. Like, um, we'd done Kilpatrick's there one night. We'd done 24 up. I think there was four blokes there, and, yeah, we are struggling to do it. Like <laughs> the size of Rick Phillip was big. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he said. He said about the size of your hand plus, you know, just yeah. 
you, you'll need a lot of ham. You need a lot of bacon and wish to see a sauce and, and barbie sauce to make a <laughs> Kilpatrick for those suckers. Yeah, it's sort of an annual event up there. A big cook up at one night there. You do your crab and buddy oyster Kilpatrick, chili crab, normal crab, oyster Kilpatrick, and a baked fish and uh, coals or whatever. Gee, that sounds like a We drag two real good days of weather. We hit the islands and yeah, we got. Uh, I think we end up with a dozen trout one day between two of us, and next day we went out. We got a heap of lipper and a couple of North Emperor, a couple more trout, and we've done a lot of exploring for the next year. Yeah, and okay. um, a couple of other boys rocked up sort of the day before that and then they got real good where they hit the reef and yeah just proper off tap they're only fishing with lures on over the top of the reef and they'll get 20 30 trout a day plus gts and long nose emperors red bass just proper off tap they got some really good drain footage of it all that sounds good mate that sounds uh so how how far how far are the islands from from the head uh, from the heads, the closest one is Flinders Group. It's only oh, six miles from okay. Bathurst Heads. Yeah, so not but too it's far. Not, uh, it's just a shitty little channel across was blowing 30 knots. Yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't been up there. Um, you know, I've been to Cooktown, but I haven't gone north there. I normally head, I've always headed up towards Weeper and head that way. So, I've, you know, I've never really been to Bathurst Heads. I've, um, that's a trip I, I, I plan on doing one day. It's just uh, not yet. Yeah, it's not bad because there's only uh, 160 kilometres of dirt all up sort of thing. Um, it costs you $20 a night there to book a permit. Yeah, okay. Uh, and that goes back into, they've got a toilet there and that upgraded the roads and whatnot. So for 140 bucks for a week, you can't complain. No, no. Uh, they've got a poly that runs out of a spring up in the hill down to a big cattle trough. So yeah, uh, yeah, it's the same spot my brother went. My brother said they'd get down, they'd get down to that big trough and have have a bit yep. of a share and stuff, whatever. Yeah, and um, yeah, and then if I'm not there, a few years, I've done that the last two years, and then probably three years in a row before that, up to Weeper, I've got a couple of mates that live in Weeper, so it's real good, I don't have to tow a boat or nothing, just throw the dogs on, throw an esky on, and a bit of fishing gear and head up, and then pretty well just get chartered around, showing around everywhere with their favourite <laughs> spots and shit, and then yeah, spend 10 days there fishing, hunting, and having a ball, and then come home. That sounds all right, mate. Oh, gee, that's um, that sounds like a, a pretty good trip. I've, hopefully, I I'm planning a uh, well, this, I'm trying to do series and, and episodes and stuff, and I, I've got a bit of a plan. I'm going to head north, and I'll I'll film Mackay, I'll film in Townsville. I've got guys up in Cooktown. I got to go and see, and I head up to um, Pomperau and then Weeper. So I'm very very excited. I can't wait to get to the Pomperau and the Weeper bit. That'll be um. I haven't been to Pomperell, I've only been to Aracoon, so I'm excited to go and see the, the traditional owners of that area and, and do some filming and, and hopefully catch some fish and see some pigs and they've never seen humans before. Yeah, that's it. Um, when I was younger, I spent 100 days on a trout boat up in the Torres Straits and um, the local islands up there, we used to do a lot of bartering with them. They'd come over because everything's so expensive on the island and we'd give them hook sinkers, bread, milk, whatever that we used to get up. And um, they'd come back, a couple of crayfish, turtle meat, a bit of everything. It was awesome. Look. Yeah. Seen a lot of country up there that no one will ever see. It's 100 days cruising around in a mother boat and then working dories, catching trout for a living. Sounds all right, man. It's not too bad. Yeah. Look, look, how did that work? Was it all um, spearfishing or using line? Just handline. Yeah, um, anywhere from a 70-pound handline to a 110-pound handline. And, yeah, it was just hang on and up them. Yeah, just... You get with the, you'd catch a lot of bycatch, wouldn't you? Not just trout. Yeah, you do get a lot of bycatch. Um, 
we used to only keep it if it was worth a couple of dollars to us. So a lot of the fish we didn't even keep. It, it was only, a, I'll say, like a one kilo grassy sweet look straight back. Uh, okay. The main target was a trout, um, barracod, Spanish mackerel, um, and green jobfish pretty well, red emperor and nanagor. But a lot of the other stuff, bycatch, look yeah. sweet looking and all that sort of stuff, stripies and that you perfectly good eating, but when you've only got two or, two or three tonne of cold room and you're doing a lot of fish each day, you sort of had to work on your room. Yeah, okay. That's why you get a boat, boat by yourself and you head yeah, out. Yeah, boat by yourself and... Yep, mother boats anchored on a reef and four dories, and yeah, we'd all head different directions to our favourite spots, come back in at lunchtime, unload, um, head, have a feed, and then head back out and come in at six o'clock at night, unload, have a few beers, and then start processing. And if you had a big day, you wouldn't stop processing until uh, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Jeez, so how, how, many, how many are you talking? Uh, some days you get your 100 kilos a day each, so you're doing 400 kilos of trout plus your bycatch. Far um, out. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It doesn't take long to fill a couple of ton of cold room when you're doing that. Plus, right. you bait in there and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah it's... it was not a single. Uh, it's not a married man's game. But if you're young and keen and that, it's definitely an eye opener. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you have to fill up the fish to to put them in the cold room. Or you leave them whole. Um, anything over one point two kilos, we would fill it. Anything under that was kept whole as a plate fish. Yeah, okay. Um, so they just want the smaller fish for their restaurant so they can bake it up. That's a meal for two. Um, everything over, that 1.2 kilo got filleted and then put into, uh, I think it's 10 kilo cartons and then snap frozen overnight. Next morning, as soon as you wake up, you unloaded that. That went down to the cold room and start the process all over again. Look, you're living on four or five hours of sleep a night, but... Yeah. You get sick of fish pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, I come home and yeah, pretty well went fishing back out, just amateur again. Look. Yeah. yeah. So is yeah. that is that bait fishing or they use a lure? No, nah, we just bait fish, whole pilchards. Whole oh, pilchards. Yeah, yeah, pretty well. A ton of uh, a ton of pilchards would come up every 10, 12, day, 12 days, I think it was, on the barge. Far out. Um, so we'd go and pick up a bait and fuel and beer and whatnot and then have a lay day around the oil on there and even on the lay days we used to take one of the oldest fishing and show him how to catch trout and they could say just like catching little fish so I'll take you and show you catch trout and we'd come back and say how many trout you want so, no nah, they're all yours mate you take them here you go feed the family and yeah they'll wrap like yeah. so yeah it's just something to do on days off and yeah, yeah. teaching them something they don't normally do yeah that's it like um, when the old boy was at Aracoon he um <laughs> He helped a couple of tos out. He he took took a couple of pigs and they they loved it. And like he'd bring a couple of pigs for him and he, yep. they let him hunt the land and he he'd go and bring him food and they thought it was awesome. You know, like, you go down the boat ramp in the morning, but and there'd be leftovers there, which was a bit scary because uh, the old snapping handbag probably come take yeah. take the leftovers. But uh, yeah, no, it was that was uh, something pretty cool. You know, the old we we, we gave him. We caught two good pigs one afternoon, and we, we dropped them off for them. They they loved it. They thought it was the best thing ever. Um, they had the fire going straight in into this. Oh, they did something to it. I don't know. I didn't gut it. I didn't. I know they didn't gut it, but they did a lot of other stuff to it, and it was basically straight in the ground for. Uh, and they ate it that night, so I thought it was pretty interesting. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this year when we're at Bathurst, um, there's a uh, three dozen traditional owners living. Well, they set up in the camp for two or three, on the beach there for two or three weeks, and um, got talking to a couple of them, and 
saying, we come in with excess fish that we didn't really need, but we're going to fill it and bring it home. So, bugger it, we'll give it to them. You want some fish, mate? Yeah, yeah, about the And they come up and they told us all about their country, um, told us about where the rock art was and stuff like that, and even got given a phone. And I was like, next year you want to come in here and you want to bring dogs? You bring dogs. Ah, oh, beauty. So, yeah, it was just, there's a lot of people coming up here and, we don't, but we'll go near their camp and that, and they tell us to piss off or whatever. While I was like, Well, yeah, I'm quite interested in what you've got to tell about your country. Like, yeah, yeah, they told us a lot about the history of it and all the rest of it, and it was great. It's not, and it's great. not hard being nice, hey, because uh, no, you know, you, you, you got a you got a new hunting block out of that too, you know, so yeah, just from being nice and um, offered them a feed of fish, and oh, I think I took one out the next morning, one of the younger ones, and um. Yeah, we went and run the crab pots and that, and every crab we caught, but you take them home, and they took them back and had a feed, so we'd had a feed of crabs, so they didn't worry us. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they were well, great for those, and, yeah, at the end of the night, they give me the phone numbers, and next year you come up, you give me a ring, yep, um, you can bring your dogs, you can bring your guns, and even we'll come out and we'll go for a hunt with you, so, yeah, buddy, hey. That, sounds, that sounds awesome. Well, that's it. They'll show us stuff that other people don't know it's even in there. Yeah, that's it, you know. Like, a lot of things that you wouldn't even know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All right, Tyson. Well, um, it's been a great chatting to you, mate. And I'd love to get you back on and we can um, have a bit more of a talk. Um, yeah. I'd like, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting talking to you because you're a very knowledgeable man. Um, so, I'd love uh, to get you on. When you're travelling north, next time you're heading through, sing out, mate, and days off we'll go for a fish sounds good mate really appreciate it thank you for coming on before you go no problem, um what's your what's your facebook page just for the listeners uh, coast, coast kitchen mate. coast of kitchen guys so um get on it um hit the like button the follow button and see uh see what tyson's got involved right yeah, don't be sure to ask a question if you're not sure how to cook something you want some new ideas ask a question because there's plenty of chefs on there and knowledgeable people on there they're more than happy to help out well, there you go guys so don't be afraid. Well, thank you very much, mate, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. No dramas, mate. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Remember, guys, remember, follow us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Thanks, guys, for listening. I'm Lawson White, and this is Bailing, Scaling, and Barbecue. You, BSB, baby.